Uh, things are a little bit different uh, this morning. There's a reason why there are two of us here. There's a reason why we're sat uh, down rather than standing. Um, and this, for those of you that have never um, met Em or haven't seen her for a long time, this is, this is my wife, everyone. This is Emma. Hi, everyone. She I'm is em. real. I am real. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the house a lot, not by choice. Um, yeah been shielding because of our children. Two of our kids have bad asthma and have been hospitalized a number of times. So, uh, yeah, I've been homeschooling. Change of career. Um, It's pretty tiring, really full on. But it's been precious for our relationships too. So, hello if I've never met you and hello if I haven't seen you for ages. So we're uh, here this morning um, to tell you some pretty big news, um, which is one of the reasons why we're both here to share with you. And the big news is that we wanted to let you know that we feel that God is calling us to a brand new adventure for our family, which means that at the end of this calendar year, that we will be stepping down from the leadership of Coastline. Um, We have always... uh, tried to, uh, to listen very clearly for the voice of God and for his uh, leading and his prompting. And we believe now uh, that for, for a little while now, the Lord has been speaking to us uh, as a family, as a couple, as a family, and is releasing us from, uh, from leadership and inviting us into something new, something that we're really excited about, excited to share with you. Um, we wanted to reassure you at the front end uh, that nothing bad has happened, nothing untoward has happened. Um, uh, we're leaving uh, on a really positive note and for really good reasons. And we wanted to let you know about an opportunity that has opened up for us uh, and that our family will be moving to New Zealand uh, at the turn of the year. Even just saying it out loud, it sounds crazy. Um, and it's quite obviously it's quite daunting. This might be something of a shock uh, to, to to many of you, but perhaps not a surprise. And as you go away and reflect on this, it might not seem that uh, surprising to you. But we do appreciate that it is something of a of a bombshell uh, and and big news. Um, it's it's something that we've been journeying with for the last couple of months now with the trustees and with the staff, uh, and uh, just recently shared with the leaders. And it's now. Uh, the appropriate time to share with you and those of you watching at home, uh, the wider church family. And we wanted to take just a little bit of time this morning uh, to share with you something of our discernment journey in how we feel the Lord has brought us to this place. So we wanted to share with you how God has been speaking to us and just remind you before our sabbatical that we took in New Zealand that actually this all started with a picture (laughs) Um, somebody sent me a text message saying, are you leaving us? Are you leaving the a church? Of years, a couple of years ago this was. Yeah, it? this yeah. was like three years ago now. Yeah. And at the time I was completely thrown um, because we, we, you know, we've always been here like we're here forever. That's how we live anywhere that we live. We're here forever. We put our all into things. And we had no inkling that God was speaking to us about leaving or going anywhere so I replied and said what have you heard Um, (laughs) and she said oh no I haven't heard anything I had a picture of you and Aid walking away hand in hand and looking back and you looked really content and you were smiling 
And you may remember, if you heard me say this before, but that picture was really powerful for me because, for us, because 14 years ago, when we lived in Nottingham, we were working for a church in Nottingham, um, somebody had that dream, exactly that dream, <laughs> of Aid and I walking away hand in hand, looking back, smiling, and she asked me the question, are you leaving us? And I said yes, because 14 years ago, God was calling us to go to New Zealand. So the fact that this was being repeated was a huge thing for me. And I shared with my friend who I pray with, and I just said, I want to be accountable to you with this picture. Shortly afterwards, um, somebody had a, a picture for me. She said, oh, I just saw a picture of you walking along a tropical beach, looking, picking up shells, and all along the side of the beach, they were like, it's like a festival, and people were dressed in kind of special, you know, grass skirts and things like that. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, just took me straight to New Zealand. Um, so all along the while, we were holding these pictures, and it was kind of, we felt forming a picture of a sabbatical for us. We'd never thought that we would ever live in New Zealand again. But the time had kind of come where we felt God was leading us into a time of rest. We needed a break. And so this was very exciting that we were kind of being led to New Zealand for our sabbatical. Uh, and we had more pictures and more confirmation. So as this all took shape and we went to New Zealand but I've gone too far ahead. <laughs> Before we went to New Zealand, I took my own sabbatical. So I was working very hard, very stressed, and I'd been training up spiritual directors for a couple of years. And I had kind of a word from somebody that I needed to slow down slowly. <laughs> so I took my own sabbatical before New Zealand. And that was six months of a precious, precious time where... I would drop my kids off at school. My youngest had just started school. And I would have a morning, three hours to myself, where I'd just go straight to the beach and I would sit there with God. And while I was at the beach in silence, apart from the nature around me, just felt every single morning doing this, this repeated sense of becoming much freer, much more childlike, much more in tune with who I was designed to be and released from everything that puts the strain in life. And through that, God started showing me all sorts of things about myself that I'd sort of forgotten or that had got squashed or that I'd left behind and things that I didn't really know too, but he started showing me more of who I am and new dreams started forming in my heart. Dreams of painting again, being creative, dreams of just sitting in God's presence, dreams of all sorts of things, but it was definitely a, a time of my heart turning away from church leadership and more towards these new things that God was putting in my heart. So as I was discerning this and processing this, I was watching Aid working really hard and I didn't share any of this with him. I didn't 
share the, the turning away part because I was on my own discernment journey and it was only when we got to New Zealand that actually I felt it was appropriate to share with aid. Um, M sabbatical came to an abrupt end uh, in March 2020 when the, the, the pandemic hit uh, and your sabbatical became then um, uh, uh, hijacked by homeschooling. That actually was a really sweet time for, for us in terms of being forced to be you know, in our little bubble and, and at home, home working, homeschooling. Um, but our kids were actually much happier um, for that season because uh, two of our kids had found school quite stressful. But, but, but yeah, just to echo what Emma said, uh, she had, I think, probably maybe just been hinting at or just drip-feeding this idea that she was feeling less and less called to, uh, to leading a church and more and more called to other things. Um, and I could see her kind of uh, in that restorative time kind of coming alive again. And it was when we arrived in New Zealand for our shared sabbatical. So whereas M kind of slowed down slowly, I just pulled the handbrake and came to an emergency stop. Um, and we went, uh, to, went on our sabbatical at the end of January of, of this year, uh, arrived for a two-week quarantine um, uh, which was like UK lockdown, but with room service um, and <laughs> in a hotel for, for, for two weeks. And I, think, I don't think there was a particular conversation, but maybe because I just had the, the, the head and the heart space to engage with it more. Um, and perhaps because we were having, you know, we had lots of time to, to talk, uh, it became much clearer to me that M was definitive and certain that she didn't feel called to lead Cosine with me anymore. Um, and that realisation, I think... Um, it kind of hit home maybe for the first time and it honestly sent me into a bit of a tailspin um, and uh, begun a, a, a series of probably months where in my quieter moments, whether I was taking time to pray or I was on my, uh, out on my runs, um, weirdly during COVID I started enjoying running and I haven't stopped, um, uh, or if I was even just woken in the night, just because the kids woke us or whatever. I couldn't get back to sleep because I found myself uh, often consumed by agonizing over this big question for me of calling. Because if M was clearly saying to me, look, I don't feel called anymore to do this with you, then I knew that that would have a knock-on effect uh, on me. And so I began to ask that same question of myself, you know, asking the Lord if he still was calling me uh, on my own to, to lead Coastline. And as well as lots of time in thought and prayer, in reflection, a lot of time processing with M. We, we were in New Zealand on sabbatical and, of course, distracted by lots of fun and lots of adventures and all those things. On one level, the sabbatical was wonderful. On another level, it was tortuous. Um, but also seeing friends, old friends that we had shared history with, lots of uh, friends who are mature believers who we would often ask for um, you know, them to pray for us. Uh, church leaders or people who had been in church leaders, leadership who had real empathy for what we were going with, going through and, and, and wrestling with. Um, and I think, just to kind of try and summarize it for you, partly because I'm conscious of time, I think the place I got to was that I knew that if, if M didn't want and it, what didn't feel cool to, to still lead Coastline, then um, I had to find out and, and, and uh, answer for myself whether or not I still felt called because if I said yes to continuing to lead, because this role is so all-encompassing, um, it's a vocational role, it requires a lifestyle, it's, it's all in. I knew that if I said yes for another 
I don't know, you know, another round, um, then it would inevitably, by default, draw M in. And that would come at, you know, at, at, at no little cost, because there's a lot of sacrifice and cost that, that, that comes with, with the call to, 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 to ministry. Um, and it would, you know, there, there would be a cost in terms of not, not, not least a spiritual battle, but also in terms of to our, our family and the demands on my time and also to our marriage and, and to, to health, um, uh, if, if some of you know our backstory. And so that, that really was the point I, I got to. Um, and I think we both wanted to make sure that whatever was next for us, uh, our marriage, our family, uh, our kids were going to thrive. That We wanted to make sure we prioritized um, that. Um, and then our flights got delayed. Yeah. <laughs> so we had had three months in New Zealand and our flights got delayed um, we could rebook them a month later but that extra month was such a gift for us that we had no idea it would be such a gift because we just happened to be in a, a little coastal village um, one weekend and our eldest Leela she was literally begging me to try school for a month this extra month and I thought well you know if we've got to work remotely actually that might not be a bad thing so um, I just swung into this local school and turned up this school is called Horizon and they welcomed me with such loving arms and literally was so excited that I was there. It was really odd. It was just, <laughs> I was so embraced. And they were desperate to show us round, even though we just would happened to be there on that weekend. It wasn't a special place for us. We were just there visiting. And so I said, okay, we'll organize a tour. And, um, and so it turned out that it was the head teacher that showed us around so we were going around the school and she kind of started asking us what we did and I said oh, we lead a church and she asked about our our history and I mentioned that I used to be a teacher and age used to be a teacher and she started changing the tour and taking me around to the right departments in the school and basically started interviewing me on the way round. So no longer was it a school tour, it turned into sort of, oh, I want you to work here. And I was really, really shocked because I never ever thought of teaching ever again. I haven't taught for 15 years and there she was asking me to relay bits of my past and my history and my job. Um, my employment history to these members of staff and at the end of the tour she said oh we also have a five bedroom house on site that might be coming up for rent which you guys could live in <laughs> and we were thrown big time and we were saying look we just need to think about whether we want to enroll the kids for a month <laughs> we'll let you know. So we got in the car, and I was really emotional because it just felt like this massive wide door had been opened up for a whole different life. And it was incredible for me with my history of being ill for so long, for so many years. It was like, wow, somebody actually believes in me here. They could actually offer me an opportunity, which I never thought I would ever be able to do again. So 
We, we just held, held it all really lightly. Mm. We were constantly saying to the principal um, that we're, we're pastors of a church back home. We're only here for a month. Mm. You know, we, we were just interested in enrolling our kids um, uh, for, for those few short weeks. Um, but she was extremely persistent. And really the vision for the school, the community, the ethos, it was very compelling. Um, it's a, a Christian school, a very... Um, uh, it's a, overtly a Christian school. It has that special character. Uh, and so there was quite a lot of resonance in, 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 in that. Um, but but we, we just held it really lightly and kind of just brushed it off. Um, I remember one conversation a, a week later where we were in the office and she, she switched her attentions from trying to uh, uh, get M to say yes to a job opportunity to, to me, uh, which I found quite amusing, really. And I said to her, look, I, I, I taught for a year. I haven't taught for 20 years. Um, remember... I'm the senior pastor of a church. We're going back in a few weeks' time. Uh, and I said, to, I, I said to her, partly to deflect and move the conversation on, I said to her, look, I don't want to go back into teaching, um, but, but, but if I did, if I ever did, um, I'd happily work for a leader like you or in a place like this. Um, and it, it was interesting in the days that followed that those, my own words, <laughs> came back to haunt me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just keep on reminding me of that, which I thought strange. A week later... We got a phone call, again, from the principal. Uh, we were just at home having lunch, and she called us up, and she said, oh, can you, uh, can you be here in 10 minutes? And I said, why, is everything okay? Are the kids okay? You know, as, a, as other parents here know that you get calls, you know, if your kid hurts yourself and you have to rush down and rescue them. And she said, oh, no, your, your kids are all fine. Um, and they were loving it. They, they were thriving at this school, um, skipping into school every day barefoot. Um, and, um, and she said, no, a teacher's gone off sick. Can you come and do relief teaching? And... So, so I put the phone, I, I said to her, you're crazy. And she was like, it's just paid babysitting, just come down. So I put the phone down, I looked at Em and said, oh, do you want to go in? And Em was like, no, you go. So I went, I put the only shirt I had on um, and went uh, and found myself in the next door classroom to my son, Joss, who thought it very strange that dad was the other side of the wall. Um, and the next day I taught again and did a full day. It was a day where Emma agreed to come in and just observe uh, Leela, our eldest, in her classroom. So we found ourselves having been prospective teachers to, in the staff room having coffee at school break time. It was very strange. Um, and all the while I'm thinking, well, we're going back in a couple of weeks. This is just, you know, we, we just... But this, it seemed to kind of open up, really, didn't it, for us? And this school is not an ordinary school. It's the fact that our very, very stressed children would run in happily. It's designed to create low anxiety in children and Holy Spirit is freely welcomed into the space. It's a very special place. So we, um, uh, we still had the question of how we were going to get home. Our flights had been cancelled. Um, with, cause, because our airline, Qatar, was on the red list. So I found a flight through Singapore, which was an, another country on the green list, uh, so that we can get home without having to quarantine on the way back, and we booked our return flights. Um, and if we, f- we felt in a really strange place because we felt more and more that there was this opportunity and an invitation for a, a whole new life for us in New Zealand, but at the same time wrestling with what God was saying and, and questioning calling and whether or not he was releasing us from leadership of Coastline. And so we did what all good charismatic Christians do. We sent a message to a few praying friends and said, hey, look, I don't know really why, but would you just pray for us? And if you have any words of knowledge, uh, please do send them through. Um, and uh, several friends replied with, with lovely, encouraging words, but a couple of them resonated um, particularly. And, and, w- and one was from um, a passage in Amos 9, 
a, a specific prophecy from the prophet Amos to the exiled people of Israel, reminding them that God had a plan for them and would call them home to the promised land. And it's this beautiful uh, words about the exiled people returning to restore David's fallen temple. It, it speaks of new wine. It actually speaks of planting vineyards. Uh, and it speaks of a beautiful time where God will restore the people uh, and, um, and that they'll be back um, in the promised land. And, and, and as we weighed that, what felt strange to me was I didn't feel like there was particular resonance with us returning from New Zealand to, to, to rebuild or to church or to plant a vineyard. I, more and more I thought, well, that's kind of what we did the first time when we came back from New Zealand, when we ended up working for Bournemouth Vineyard and then planting Coastline Vineyard. Uh, and actually, as we were praying and talking and discerning with some, uh, some friends of ours, uh, they said, well, look, could it be that, that the first time you returned from New Zealand, that was when you rebuilt David's fallen temple and, and you planted a vineyard and, and there was new wine in, the, in that new wine skin? Do you think... Maybe you've completed God's mission, God's mandate, and, and he's got something new for you. Maybe, maybe the, res, the restoration is now actually going to be, if you return to New Zealand, the restoration of your, of your family and health and, 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 and marriage and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you know that I am prone to choking up and crying quite easily, but I, I got quite emotional at that point, and it, I really felt the Holy Spirit confirm that that... that, that was what that passage meant for us, that we had completed um, the original mission and mandate when we first came back and, and, and the journey of planting coastline and bringing this vineyard church to a place of real health and, and, and vibrancy. And, and the, the, the other word came from a, a precious friend of ours and many of yours, uh, our friend Jackie Leswell, who, uh, even though she's living in Norfolk at the moment, um, is very much part of our community and, and one day I know will return. Uh, and she has a very significant uh, history in our journey as a church and speaking very accurately and prophetically into our lives and um, she wrote back with some lovely words of affirmation but she said oh, I don't have any any answers I've, only, I've got a few questions though and I was thinking I don't want any more questions I've been asking questions for months month. um, and three of the questions were is it a time uh, to, to build up or to tear down what's the cost of the sacrifice and is it finished And I really felt like that distilled all of my agonizing over those months. Because I knew that Em was saying to me clearly that her time was finished. But I knew that more and more, I felt like that God was saying to me that uh, my, my time, our season of leading here, was coming to an end and so when we when we came back we came back with that attitude with that posture to continue the discernment journey we, we of course always knew that we ne needed to come back wanted to come back that we wanted to journey this with people that were closest to us friends family our loved ones with all of you and that's what we've been doing these these last few months so since we've been back we've had more confirmation um doors closing really rather than opening so our son for example when we returned when he was four months old nine years or so ago 
he, he slept perfectly well, 12 hours. We were one of those people that, parents that people are jealous of. Came back here and he just stopped sleeping and uh, we've had nine years of him with an insomnia sort of problem. And that's been really, really challenging. We sort of joked saying, oh, imagine if we go back to New Zealand and he starts sleeping again. Well, got to the quarantine hotel and that's what happened. He started sleeping through the night in the quarantine hotel. We were gobsmacked. And for our time in New Zealand, he slept really well. We came back and it started returning to the bad nights again, the struggling to get to sleep till all hours. Uh, so that's one of the doors that has seemed to be closed on us. Uh, he was very, very ill also. Poor Joss, he suffered so much, but he was very ill before Christmas last year with asthma. It was a very frightening and stressful time. <clears throat> and when we got to New Zealand, his asthma and his breathing, where he literally couldn't walk from the bed to the toilet, I was carrying him around the house and feeding him in bed. We got him to New Zealand. He was very, very exhausted and out of breath. But even in the quarantine hotel, he started to walk in the outdoor space and then rest. And then a little while later, he'd start to run short distances and rest. And very quickly in our time in New Zealand, he was restored and he was running around playing football and it was just the greatest joy for us to be able to watch him. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, our eldest, Leela, she refers and has referred to New Zealand as her home. That's where she was born, but we never knew that she would feel so at home there. She's always been a barefoot Kiwi. <laughs> Um, we tried to get shoes on her, but it doesn't really work. But anyway, she just found her home there, and she felt that people were like her, and she has cried and cried to go home since we've been back, which is, in my mind, just God, because this is a, a girl who has lived most of her life in England since she was two, yet she just got back there, and she just said... I've never been happier in my life than when I'm in New Zealand. I, she's just made to be there. That's how she feels. So this word home has been really important for us because having looked at the text message that, that this all started with, I started rereading it saying, oh, are you leaving us? It wasn't, are you going on a holiday or a sabbatical? Are you leaving us? Are you leaving the church? Started reading things again and actually, oh, okay, this is all starting to make sense. The same person who messaged me with that picture, she messaged me when we got back and said it was so good that you had a chance to go home. Now, New Zealand, we weren't born there. It's, we wouldn't say that that's where we were born, you know, that's not our home. But that is the word that keeps coming back and back and back. And when I was at the airport leaving New Zealand, and this woman on, in the shop counter, she said to me, oh, you're going to England, that's so cool. And she said, are you excited? And I said, I'm not sure. She said, mm, there's no place like home. 
And I just thought, this is really interesting. Everyone keeps saying this is our home. Lots of more people kept saying this is our, that New Zealand is our home. So all of these um, things have built up, the, again, this sense and this picture and along the journey, discernment journey that we're on. That, there's a, a lot more that we uh, could say that we'd like to, to share with you, but I'm conscious that there's only... So much that we can say in a 25-minute segment um, on a Sunday morning. Um, but we would love to talk with you more. We'd love to share with you more um, about that. There's obviously a, a lot more ways in which the Lord has, has spoken. So we've just given you some of the, the, the headlines, I suppose, in the time that we, we, we've got with you this morning. Um, we wanted to let you know just, just briefly what our timeline is now. Um, we begin our new teaching jobs um, in February next year. Uh, so we'll be here for three more months, for October, November, and December. Um, so there's plenty of time in the months to come for goodbyes and, and farewells. Um, uh, before December, we will fly uh, probably in the first few days of January, um, and like I said, start teaching in February. Um, we want to um, uh, also just, I think, to remind you that even though this is a significant change, it's a huge change for us and our family, it's obviously a huge change for Coastline, that um, the Lord has been incredibly good to us over these six years, incredibly gracious, incredibly kind. He has led us every step of the way. And as I spent a lot of time preparing for our birthday service last Sunday, I reflected back on the last six years. And yes, of course, the Lord used us and John and Alice, our staff team, and so many of you in this journey of building what is an incredibly wonderful and beautiful community and church family. But we know that we're not in any way indispensable. There are others that will take on the leadership of this church and we know, we are very confident that the Lord will continue to lead you um, and into a, an incredible season of, of fruitfulness and, and health and, uh, and, and, and all the good things. I, I, I reflected that when we began Coastline, um, God spoke to Emma and I separately, um, but on the same morning, uh, through a little postcard we both spotted, which said, everything is going to be amazing. And everything has been, mostly, apart from COVID, has been amazing on this journey. And I, we want to reassure you that everything will still be amazing, um, even after we have left. It's going to be uh, just the most uh, incredible future for you guys we know. Um, we feel real peace about leaving. Obviously, it's a huge deal for us, and there is no little grief and sadness um, as we get ready to say goodbye to, uh, to people that we love and to a church that we love, to all of you guys. Um, but we also feel a very strong sense of peace and conviction that this is the right time for us to lay down the leadership of the church. And even though M has... <laughs> as is often the case, uh, been catalytic in this decision. We both have heard God individually and together. This is a joint decision, and um, we're both really excited about the new future that we have for our family. Um, obviously, a paramount uh, of importance is, is to, to work out what's next for Coastline. We care very much about that and about healthy uh, succession and transition. And so just for the last few minutes, we've asked Phil, our chair of trustees, just to share with you uh, um, briefly about what the next steps uh, will look like in terms of identifying successes for us.
Hello, good morning. Oh, it was good afternoon now, sorry. Uh, so only a few minutes. So I just wanted to give you a bit of background really of where we're going as far as the uh, next part of this uh, process is uh, concerned. Um, so we find ourselves we're going to go on a journey now, a journey of discernment together. And I use the word we very quickly there because we are all involved, okay? Every single one of us. Not everyone can interview or come to various things that we might do, but we can all pray. And that's, I want to just say that right at the very beginning. Um, we want to make uh, the right choice here, and obviously. And uh, so pray for us. Pray for those of us who've got responsibilities here in this process. Uh, but we all have that responsibility. Let's all pray into it. So let me just talk about a couple of key things as we go down this journey. A couple of guiding principles, if you like. Um, the first thing is don't think of this like a recruitment process. If you've ever gone for a job or uh, had the privilege of interviewing somebody for a job, um, this isn't that kind of process. Uh, much as what we're about to embark on is going to need to be thorough and detailed, we do the right things on the, from that point of view. We're not looking for a new managing director or a new CEO, okay? Uh, we're trying to discover here on this discernment journey who is it that God has already got on his heart to lead this precious community. So, so just keep that in mind. This is not a recruitment, uh, like an HR recruitment process. And the second thing, and I would encourage you with this, this is ultimately not our choice, okay? So God's got this one. I'm confident of that. God has got somebody in mind straight away. God knew about what was happening with these guys, and much as the, the news might be a bit difficult to take this morning, God's in control here, right? He's got this one, and he's going to lead us, and all we need to do make it sound simple uh, all we need to do is discern where he's leading us and guiding us so whatever we do it must be built on a foundation of prayer and just waiting on God hearing his voice listening to what he's saying being led and guided by his uh, by his precious Holy Spirit and and we pray that into this uh, as we start uh, and I think we would value your prayers certainly it's been difficult as you can imagine uh, we've had many long hours talking about what we do how we map out a process what we're going to do next etc etc and let me reassure you there is a very detailed process I could stick the screen up and show you all the lovely charts but we won't bore you with that this morning um, and we are going to try and spend a good amount of time the right amount of time investing time and diligence into this process it's not going to be a quick thing we are going to do this well and detailed but as i said to many when i've shared like this uh certainly with the teams that have, that have heard it before is much as the process is going to be thorough and detailed and everything all we're really doing is creating opportunity to hear god that that's all we're doing whatever we do whether we're going to do some kind of you know sit down interview or uh, meeting, uh, meeting with people and, and just talking through where they're at. Ultimately, all we're doing is creating opportunity to hear God speak. And that's what we pray into. And we've sought advice on this. We've taken some good counsel and wisdom um, from Vineyard UK. So you'll appreciate that uh, this church sits in the context of Vineyard churches around the world and in the UK and part of a movement in the UK. And we have regional leaders who are there to support us and help us, particularly at times like this. So, so we've reached out to a couple called Nigel and Joe Hemming. Uh, those who don't know who they are, they are senior pastors at Winchester Vineyard. Uh, but perhaps more importantly in this context, they are what we call our regional leaders, leaders of the group of churches that we belong to. 
Um, they're experienced leaders. They've been through transition themselves from church to church and led on a discernment journey to come to Winchester some, some years ago now. And they're also part of a program of uh, pioneer leaders who are seeking to plant new vineyard churches in the UK. So they're very familiar with the process now for appointing pastors and leaders for churches. And part of that journey that they've been on, um, they've come up with this uh, essentially a discernment assessment. It's something they now do with all leaders. And we've been really grateful for that because it's, it's very detailed. It's very good. Uh, certainly as I've looked through the detail of it, it asked some very searching questions whether you know, it's right that this particular individual or couple should go into a particular leadership role. The process um, invites others to make comments about them. There's a sort of 360 element to it, if you've heard that kind of phrase before, so you get feedback from people uh, that you're closest to as well. And it's, it's a very thorough and detailed process. So I'm, I'm delighted in one sense that they're going to be walking with us. And we've invited them to be part of a selection panel that we've now set up. So Nigel and Joe Hemming from uh, Winchester Vineyard will be helping and leading and guiding us on this journey. Um, so we are going to have a team set up. Let me just tell you who's going to be in that team. Uh, so there's nine people that are on the selection panel. Uh, Aid, uh, uh, Aid or Sarah Track as well from our staff team. Nigel and Joe that I've referred to. Um, Helen Hender and Dylan Trainer, who represent some of our senior leaders. And then Phil Wright, uh, David Morgan and myself are representing trustees. So there's a cross-section of, of the church. So let me just talk a little bit about John, if I may, which is embarrassing that he's sitting looking at me from the front row here, but let me say that. So we need to start a discernment journey with John as well. We recognise that John is a prime candidate for this role, and Sillsville is very cool to co-sign leadership. Uh, and because we know John well, it's appropriate that we have a tailor-made, separate sort of individual process with John. So John is going to come through... Um, the same discernment journey that we're going to do with others and obviously the folks from Vineyard UK are going to take John through that assessment process that I've talked about. But it's right that we honour John in, in one sense with a, his own particular journey. But we do also think it's right to, uh, because we begin this journey not necessarily predicting its outcome, in a parallel process we're also going to invite others to come and see whether God's laying on their heart to, to come to leadership in this, in this place. And that journey begins tomorrow. So we advertise a vacancy tomorrow uh, on various bulletin boards. And uh, we're going to put that out there and invite people if, uh, just to discern with them whether God's also leading them at this time. So um, that will happen in parallel, one sense, over the next uh, uh, coming weeks. So just a little bit about the sort of next steps then on that. So obviously today we're going a little more public than we had been. Uh, certainly tomorrow morning the adverts will, will go out and then over the coming, over those coming weeks we'll begin that discernment journey with John and also then uh, we'll uh, sift through the, the, those that have, have applied and go through some kind of interview, interview process with them probably uh, in November time, certainly the um the applications don't close until the end of October. So let me just finish with this with some words of encouragement because I throw a lot of information at you and I'm sure uh, some of that might be new or familiar with you. Some uh, might be familiar, but some might be new as well. Um, 
let me just encourage you with this as I close, really. Look, any transition is going to bring change, and change is difficult. We, we find it uncomfortable. Um, but we need to know this is <laughs> the Lord's in this, right? The Lord's got this one. We, this is his church. We are his people. Um, yes, new leaders will bring in change and bring in different strengths and different skills, but this place has a particularly strong DNA. We know that, and we love that. We have strong vision, values, culture. None of that is going to change, okay? Whoever comes here, none of that's going to change because you guys built this thing, okay? You're part of this. You're part of this wonderful thing. And all of that is going to remain as we, as we go on. And I just underlined that point again. I said right at the beginning, this is a we statement. We are all involved. We have a responsibility to pray, pray, pray. Share what God's saying to you. If God gives you a word or a picture, a prophetic uh, bit of insight into this, then share it. Come and share, share it with me. Come and share it with those on the panel that you, you, you know. And just keep on sharing that. Keep on wasting on God. Keep on sharing your heart with us. So we encourage you to do that. So just come and pray with me on this. Come and walk with me on this. I just encourage you to seek God's heart and his will and his purpose. You know, for his kingdom come, his will be done. Amen? Amen.